Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round two recap for this week's BMW Championship. Joining me to break it all down, Mark Immelman is here. Hello, Mark. How's it, Rick? Um, here, you got to see my view. Uh, I know I do this often, but just out that way, there's a big lake. <laughs> uh, the, my commute from the golf course is about an hour, but the, the view from my hotel room is worthwhile. Yeah, that's where we are right now. There you go. Worth the hour yeah. commute. Uh, action-packed Friday from Olympia Fields. Before the golf even started, though, Mark, Hideki Matsuyama withdrew, citing a back injury. And with that WD, it ends his nine-season streak of making the Tour Championship. It was the longest active streak of any player. So hat tip to Hideki, but the streak is now over. Yeah, big hat tip to him. And, you know, I was thinking about that too because I was looking at some of the rankings while I was on the plane up here this morning. And what I recall of the Tour Championship last week, there were a number of familiar faces like Sam Burns and Hideki and all that sort of crowd. And there's a pretty good chance we're going to have a real new look thing going on because, I mean, I was just approached this morning to be on a University of Georgia podcast on Monday afternoon because it's looking like there's going to be maybe three golfers from UGA playing in the final 30 uh, at Eastlake. I mean, there's a chance for that. They might even be better, I, th I think. Um, I know Harmon is in. I know Henley is in right now. Um, Brendan Todd's around and about. So, so yeah, it's 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 all very new look. But to Adeki, um, it's sort of sad. I don't want to say it's the end of an era because he worked so hard. But I'm sure that big run he made last week, you know, if you're battling some injury anyway, and he's always had the tender neck, you know, when the adrenaline wears off, that stuff catches up with you quickly. So maybe it was like, right, this is a bridge too far now. I don't feel it. Let's just pack it in, maybe go get some treatment and come back strong whenever he decides to come and play again. All right. Well, uh, best wishes to Hideki. We will talk about the play on the golf course for Friday. And the early mover was Chris Kirk. Back-to-back -back 66s. This one on Friday was bogey-free. It was four birdies with three of them coming on holes three, four, and five. He tacked on another at 13 mark, and he is currently projected to move from 29th in the FedEx Cup standings to eighth because he will enter the weekend two shots off the lead. Yeah, do forgive me, Chris. He was the other Georgia golfer my 52-year-old brain was looking for under pressure there. Um, look, uh, maybe this is me ranting a little bit. I've had some time in traffic, so maybe I'm a little hot around my collar. Um, but I read on Twitter or somewhere the other day, and someone was ripping on Chris Kirk. He's like, how can this guy be one of the leading golfers, blah, blah, blah? How can he be even... Uh, 
be a potential rider cup, all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, Chris Kirk is good. He really is. I mean, um, and and it, it looks to me like since he's he's come out a ways back with the alcoholism, he seems to have his life in order. He's always been a tremendous golfer. When he was at UGA, he played with a stud team, and he was the number one guy. Um, so, look, he's always been really good, and he's always the kind of guy that just kind of plays at his own pace. And maybe for the fans, he's a bit vanilla, but he's, he's, he's an assassin, man, when he gets a golf club in his hand. He's accurate. He strikes his irons well. He's got a wonderful short game. His touch around the greens is unreal. He plays everything with, like, dead hands, sort of lobs the ball up softly, lets it run out. It's an impressive uh, game that he has, and he's strong mentally too. And he just has the benefit now of having gone through the doldrums with the battling alcoholism and substance stuff, and, and now he's on the back end. And now he's he's happily married. He's got kids. He's playing good golf. He loves his Braves, base, Braves baseball, and they're playing good. So it's all system. It's all things roses for uh, Chris Kirk right now. Eight under par, two shots off the lead. We'll talk about that leader in just a few seconds here. Colin Morikawa, Mark, I'm sure is somebody that you've been keeping uh, your close eye on this week. He is your one and done selection. He shot an even par round of 70, and it was kind of the opposite of what Chris Kirk did. Chris Kirk, you know, made birdies at three, four, and five. Morikawa bogeyed three and four before getting one back. At five, it was a little bit of up, a little bit of down for Colin, but he's still certainly within arm's reach as we head to the to the weekend. He is, and it, and it appears to me, I didn't see him play today. I watched a little bit on PGA Tour Live. Um, it seems to me like he's playing Colin Morikawa-style golf, which is kind of what I expected. This is a U.S. Open venue. Look, they've had U.S. Opens and stuff here in major events. And you expect to make your score on the front nine, then you hang on for dear life on the back because the golf course goes from more open and expansive, even with heavy rough, to a lot more tree-lined, and the fairways just look narrow from the tees. And there's a lot more undulation change on the back. Now, the golf course is firming up, and I was speaking with Mark Dizbabek, PGA Tour Rules official, and he's like, the place is firming. They were playing the ball down today. The ball's still digging into the green some, but he goes, they're very happy with the way it's panning out. And then he said, and the rough is thick. In fact, right now, there's certain areas where the rough is eight inches, and they're not going to top it off. So with that being said, someone who hits it accurately off the tee, it's going to run out in the fairways a little bit. I feel like it starts to play into someone like Morikawa's hands. But look, the truth is, you're seven back of the lead. Tomorrow has got to get something sort of in the, four, five under mid sixties kind of range to have a bit of a, at least a chance on Sunday afternoon. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk much about Scotty Scheffler last night because he finished up after we had already finished recording the pod. So I want to give him his due here right now, Mark. And it was a very, very bizarre Friday round from Scheffler. It was a one under 69 that had one birdie, the fifth hole and 17 pars i don't i cannot recall scotty scheffler doing anything like that recently uh if you look at it from an advanced metric standpoint he lost nearly three strokes putting again so even with that new prototype it has been some really good rounds some really bad rounds but i cannot think of a round that's probably never happened before where scotty's made one birdie in 17 pars <laughs> well again it's a u.s open style place it was gettable today because the humidity was very low. The golf ball was traveling pretty well. Greens are, are receptive. And I mentioned to another rules official, Stephen Cox, um, I was like, 
it looks like the fright, sort of that extra speed on the greens is not there right now. And he thinks he it may show up over the weekend when it firms up some more. So with that being said, you know, if he shoots 69 around like that tomorrow, that may be very good. It remains to be seen. But on a softish golf course today, he was spending strokes, especially as well as when he hits it. And, you know, in the middle of the year, maybe even earlier in the year, I was I mentioned on the show, I was concerned about the the shape of his putting stroke. It's it's a little too hooky for me. It sort of travels inward. The blade doesn't swing up. Um, balls sort of get mishit a little bit. Um, and it, then then he'll, he'll look back at the reads, and it's almost like he didn't start the ball on his line. So something needs to be done there. I feel like the the head style change in the putter did improve that some, um, but still, I, I think there's a little bit of a this some attention's got to be given to the putter as the season now winds down in preparation for the Ryder Cup. Look, there's two big weeks. He can can still win the whole thing, but he's got to find a way to make some putts because otherwise, um, he's just going to get lapped by folks. Still lurking. T5 for this week. Entered uh, second in the FedEx Cup standings. Currently second in the FedEx Cup standings. So very much in the mix. Lots of high-value rounds coming up for Scotty Scheffler in the next week and a half. Matt Fitzpatrick, Mark, kind of broke out of a little bit of a slump on Thursday with the 66. He followed it up with a Friday 67. Four birdies. He was bogey-free until he got to the final hole, the 18th. He put a five on the card there, the only blemish. And statistically, he's third in the field on approach. He's second in putting. That's a very, very good combination if you can get those two things going. Yeah, I, I want to say this. You know me, I like those sort of prop bets. Um, I looked at 18 today because the last time I was here was in 2003 for the U.S. Open. And the crowds out there were good today. Um, but I took a walk down 18, and that fairway is like single file. And there's a bunker in the elbow of the dog leg that is perfectly situated. And I, I'm yet to say that if you can find a bet to say that a five is probably going to be made from someone in contention to allow another person to win, I think there's a really good chance of that because that closing stretch of holes, 16 and 17 and 18, are just a handful. Um, but to Fitzpatrick, look, here's another U.S. Open-style guy. Um, a bit more power, perhaps, than Morikawa, but a really stout iron player. Yes, I know his game has sort of been a little slumpish, but still, he knows how to play this sort of stuff, and he seems like he's hitting the ball well. And... Um, Again, greens are a little more receptive, so you can putt more aggressively. But playing golf like that, I'm sure the confidence must be percolating, and and I'm sure he's going to hang around for the weekend. Speaking of the weekend, before we get to our break here, Mark, the Fitzpatricks are going for a double. Matt Fitzpatrick, T3, three shots back at Olympia Fields. Brother Alex Fitzpatrick enters the weekend on the DP World Tour in a tie for a second. Now, he's six shots back. Daniel Brown is kind of running away with it for a little bit, but uh, the Fitzpatrick parents will be up at all hours watching golf for the next two days. They will. Alex is good, huh? <laughs> uh, I, I know big brother Matt has sort of stolen the limelight some, but Alex is real. He, he's powerful. He's, whereas Matt is quite um, scholarly. He's quite pedantic. You know, he does everything sort of by the book. Alex has got a whole lot more flair to him. And I've watched him play as a youngster in a, in a collegian, and, and he impressed me. So, look, he's got the chops. He can win at the highest level, and it would be cool to see two brothers win in the same weeks. 
Illinois and Northern Ireland is where the Fitzpatrick's attention will be for the next two days. Mark, we're going to continue to fill out this leaderboard. We've got to get to the guy at the top and a couple of other big names. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. Let's go to the little bit of the later tee times. A couple of great rounds coming out of those. A couple of 65s. We'll start there. Justin Rose made birdie on his first four holes of the day. He did give two of those back before he made the turn in 33, but he ends his round by making four birdies over his last seven. So streaky Jay Rose gets it in at 65 and is currently in a tie for fifth. And making a big shout at Captain Luke Donald saying, hey, hey, don't forget the old boy. But if you look at all these golfers that you've highlighted, Rick, they've all got one thing in common. They're good from tee to green. These are U.S. Open style players. And from the rough, they're disciplined enough to kind of do the right thing. So you would sort of expect that someone like a Justin Rose would play well around this place. Now, last week, he was a bit inconsistent. But still, I think he closed with a really good day on Sunday. And so he must have been coming in here with some good confidence. And 65 is a really good Friday. Um, it's kind of what a lot of the chase pack, I'm sure, are wishing for tomorrow. But Justin Rose, he's, he's legitimate. And look, he's played really well at Eastlake too. So um, I don't know where his projected rankings are right now. But if he gets himself in, he could be a factor there too. Well, 32nd before the week started, currently 20 fourth so mm -hmm. justin rose trying to flip the script you mentioned great tee to green play from some of these big movers how about xander shoffley who led the field on friday in strokes gained from tee to green he also posted a 65 mark this was not as uh, streaky as justin rose's 65 was but this did move xander shoffley 20 spots up the leaderboard improved him from 19th to 14th in the FedEx Cup standings and might be something to build on with two more rounds to go. Xander deserves more respect. Yes, you can have everyone start crowing that he doesn't have the wins that perhaps he should, but this guy just shows up week in and week out. Uh, it's it's unreal. And I, I feel like there's just a little something still that he's going to figure out about himself that's going to get him over the line a bit more often. But I want to say this, that birdie there you saw on uh, 15, the par five, beautiful par five. It's so well designed. Um, trees down the right-hand side, kingdom come, really. And if you hit it down the right center, you've got to bend one around the trees. If you want to get somewhere to the green, it's next to impossible. So you hit the ball down the left off the tee. There's a bunker right there in the landing area. 
And I watched Xander. He had a beautiful tee shot, just ran through the fairway into the rough. He's got this awkward stance. He's outside of 270 yards, I would say, and just bashes the three-wood out of the rough, awkward stance, onto the green, two putts for birdie. And I was like, yeah, this guy's for real. And um, and I just think it's a matter of time. Now, look, I'm not trite about victories because I know it's so hard to win on tour. But Xander has the tools. And when Xander just maybe falls into another victory or figures something out when he's in contention and, and finds a way just to, you know, hit that shot when he needs to, he should win a whole lot more. And, and, and he's certainly got the chops to do so. All right, Mark. Well, the man that they are all chasing, thanks to a career low 62, thanks to a course record 62, thanks to 10 different birdies on his Friday scorecard, Max Homa, <laughs> who has now thrown his name into the ring to be the number one golfer come next week. If this tournament ended right now, he would be first in the FedEx Cup standings. Max Homa, Mark, I, I, he was unconscious here on Friday. So happy he played so well today. It really made me very happy to see. I hope he continues on the weekend. This is an absolute <laughs> reverse jinx attempt. Uh, Kyle M has Max Homa this week. Kyle M is in second in the one and done. Things are happening, and Mark is just trying to smile through it. <laughs> when I got on the flat this morning, I had the golf on, and Max hadn't teed off, and Marikawa got off to a decent start. I'm like, yeah, because Colin got up to like five under, I think it was. So I'm like, this is good. And then uh, – the uh, maybe the internet was bad on the plane or whatever. I was reading something and I land in Chicago and I turn on my phone and yes, freaking Homer's like seven, eight under par already. And I get to the golf course and he's playing in front of McElroy, who you know me, I love to go watch Rory play. So I didn't go and jinx Max, but I just heard roars going up all the time and uh, he was just making putts from all over Chicago. So it was good play. And and I must say, um, Sunday last week when he was in the group. Um, with Fleetwood, it, Max hit some really good shots, and he hit some really crappy shots. And and I mean, he made a double, he made an eagle, he made birdies on the back nine. As I actually said on the 18th hole when Nance asked me about him, I was like, he's made me dizzy today because there's so much going on. But apparently, with a birdie count, you know, he had a little something going, and this is just carrying over. So now, hey man, go low on the weekend, Max. Do it. Just do it for me. I do not like this. I do not like this attempt that Mark you're trying to you're trying to do here. I will say if he does, you know, this this good play should not be unexpected. T21, T12, 10th and 6th in his last four starts. They keep getting better, Mark. And when you finish 6th last week, there's only so many spots that you can finish in to continue to improve. I'll happily take 5th right now. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you would. <laughs> but yes, a dilemma, Kyle. Love you. Um, cause I'm going to play Rory anyway. I, I, I will consider, well, I've got Finau available too, but he's not going to make it right. No, Finau. Uh, no, he's, he's not, he's, he's in because of a lot of stuff he did. He's, he's dropped this week, but he's still 16th. He's, he's plenty in. Okay. So I've got Finau available. And if Rose gets in, Rose is an ent enterprising thing for me, but, but me not picking Rory at Eastlake is like, I mean, that's sinful. Uh, that 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 is that that is just sacrilegious. So, 
I'll just play Rory anywhere, if I, even if I have to finish like second. Because the last thing I want is if I make some stupid play and then I get overtaken by you too, because that's going to really suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we need. We need just some absolute panic. And then I get to, I get to sneak up there and, and finish second and you can finish third. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I'm looking at this leaderboard. And the leaderboard that we have through 36 is very similar to the starting strokes that we will have next week. So how about this, Mark? Max Homa's in at 10 under. That is what the, the number one guy will start at. Chris Kirk is next at eight. Yep, that's exactly what's going to happen. Matt Fitzpatrick is third at seven. Now, Brian Harmon's at seven under two. And then we get a bunch of guys at five under, a bunch of guys at four mm -hmm. under. It feels like we're just, we're, we're getting started already. <laughs> I, you know what? And I love the tour championship and every year I giggle at you guys with your shadow leaderboard, right? That's I, 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 it's, I love the course. I love Atlanta. I'm a Georgia boy. It's the place smacks of Bobby Jones who's my hero. And even though the leaderboards like that, you know, you, you get on the first tee, you get on the first day, the first hole. And all of a sudden, you get some guy who was like nine under, right? And and he makes a mistake and someone who was seven and all of, all of a sudden they're tired. So that lead's evaporated because you see these two these two stroke swings. And there's something about the golf course when the greens get firm is you see two stroke swings quickly and a lot of them. So so, so I'm jacked. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, it does seem a bit like it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to talk with Dottie tomorrow because she's the original Black Widow. In fact, she had T-shirts made the one year because remember Paul Casey? It actually hurt me in one and done. Remember Casey at the Travelers, right? Mm -hmm. He was leading by like six, and Dottie had him in the final round, and he shot seventy-eight or something and lost. That's where she got the name, the Black Widow. Now I'm Dottie's wingman, so I'm learning some. So uh, I'm going to ask her to do the work tomorrow, and then I'll finish Max on Friday. All right. Well, we Sunday. are, are going to put. <laughs> max in bubble wrap we are going to there's going to be no contact between him and anybody on the cbs crew i don't care no i don't i don't want to see hear him doing any walk and talks max just needs to be focused you gotta you gotta keep colt no stuff him i mean colt's walking down the middle of the fairway talking to folks as if they're best buddies all the time so right. colt's your guy you gotta worry about I have to make a couple of phone calls here mm -hmm. um all right josh do we have the betting odds through 36 holes we do indeed max Homa plus 175. Yeah, that is short, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Rory McElroy, five shots back, seven to one. Scotty Scheffler, five shots back, seven and a half to one. Brian Harmon, who's right back at it again, only three shots off the lead. He is 10 to one, along with Chris Kirk, who's two back. Uh, and same for Matt Fitzpatrick, who is three back. And then you get a handful of stars behind that. But the odds makers really given the respect to Homa here. Yeah, you are the betting expert. I will always defer to you on this stuff, but I will say this to the listeners. The close to this golf course, well, actually, I would even go from the 14th hole. 14 is like 475 straightaway narrow. You're playing from an elevated tee, so if the wind's blowing, it's a tough fairway to hit. And you play to a green above you, it's with a short iron. I saw Russell Henley hit like driver at nine iron maybe in there today in calm conditions. So 14 can be difficult. 15 is the par five. You can see anything from three to, I would say, six there. Then 16, that is a brute of a par three. Smallish green, plays with like a five iron. 17, there's water down the right, which jumps in there real close. And 18 is tough. So um, I'd say folks wanting to bet home at that number, I'd wait a little bit because you could see 
two or three strokes change hands just from 14 in on Sunday afternoon. So it's a little early to be hitting that, folks. I would wait just a little while. Yeah, very short with uh, still half of this event to be played and a lot of big names coming from behind here. I'll tell you what, Matt Fitzpatrick at 10 to 1. If Matt Fitzpatrick is healthy and back, he's one of the best nine players in the world. He's three shots off the lead. He's 10 to 1. That's where I'd be spending my money on Friday night. Let me tell you something. Um, Brian Harmon is not yeah. a bad deal either. Yeah. I watched him play a little bit today. He's in a good mood. Sometimes he can tend a bit grumpy, but he's in a good mood. He's the champion golfer of the year. Yeah, he might be in a good mood for a while, Mark. I think I think that's uh, that's worth a couple of weeks at least. And he's he's accurate off the tee. He's got a great short game. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't sniff at him. Chris Kirk is not going to go away. He won at Honda, remember, which mm -hmm. is a big boy golf course. Uh, then the Fitzy, like you say, Cantlay. Remember what he did last week? No one talked about Cantlay until the last nine holes of the tournament. <laughs> he wasn't in it until the last nine <laughs> holes of the tournament. <laughs> but that's the thing. This is what these guys do. They're just lurking around the place there, and they just knock them off and knock them off, and all of a sudden they're within two, and you get off to a fast start or three, and then all of a sudden you're in the game. So, yeah. look, this is there's still a whole lot of golf to play. This is a long way from being over indeed. Well, we'll be back after 54 and 72 to break it all down. For now, big thanks. Producer Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes. Mark Immelman, available at Mark underscore Immelman. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut. We'll catch you next time.